Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. Reading from Philippians chapter 4 and verse 15. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving what you did. Or even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my, say this word with me, necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. Oh, they were an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. My God shall supply three words, all your need, 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 according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Father, thank you for the reading of your word. What intimacy we have enjoyed with you this morning. And we did not miss the intensity of the praise. But my, my, how we've enjoyed the intimacy of our worship with you. Lord, can we take it a step further? Can you give us inspiration now? Some insight concerning the word of the Lord for this house, on this day, for these people, be it in the sanctuary or being, being it watched on the internet. Lord, have your way in living rooms, in cars, in hospital rooms, in different countries and states and cities. Would you use us today and help the people to hear what the preacher does not say and help the preacher to say things he didn't study to say. We stand in awe of the way you've already moved today. We're amazed but we're hungry. We want more. Have your way. Lord, would you break generational curses in this building today? Stop vicious cycles in people's lives that would cause them to continue to take detours that causes delays in their destinies. Would you break that kind of cycle? Would you deliver someone from an addiction today? Would you heal a marriage among us today? Would you restore someone that's been away? Would you do that, God? 
Would you do those things? Dismiss any generational spirit that is demonic. We bind every devil and demon in Jesus' name. We're excited. We expect you to do great things in Jesus' name. One more time, would you give him praise just before you sit down? The, the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. High five someone and tell them he's here for you today. And then you may be seated. There were two words that stood out to me today as being paramount. I would like to be able to see you if they would turn the lights on. There are two words in our praise and worship that stood out to me today. Uh, one was the name Jesus. I'm not sure how many times y'all use that name in your songs today, but it was quite often I heard the name Jesus. The second word that stood out to me, and there was light. The second word that registered in my spirit over and over was a need. Need. Oftentimes, we do not know what we need. We know what we want, but many times we do not know what we need. Our text said, he shall supply all of your needs. He did not say he would supply all of your wants, suggesting the idea that many times what you want is not what you need. I have often inquired of God why there are moves of his spirit here or there, but other places it seems to be stale, stagnant. The atmosphere is tight. I have talked to some of our leaders lately about this subject. As you know, I've done quite a bit of traveling the last three or four months preaching in other cities at other churches. And the distinction between those churches is very obvious to me. There are churches that are enjoying a move of the Spirit of God, and then there are churches that are challenged in that area. What I have noticed is this. When we have been in places where people have needs and will admit those needs, present those needs, and express their desperation to God, concerning those needs, that God shows up and you have a move of God. 
The question I would like to present today is when will the people of God get to the place where we will admit the need? As a matter of fact, I believe that your need to act like you don't need anything stops the flow of God's power and his provision in your life. I'm going to say that again. I believe that your need to act like you don't need anything stops the flow of God's power and it stops the flow of God's provision in your life. I'm going to read it one more time. I believe that your need to act like you don't need anything stops the flow of God's power and provision in your life. See, this is what we call the danger zone. The danger zone. The danger zone is characterized by one word. That word is pride. Proverbs 6.16 says, these six things does the Lord hate. Doesn't say he doesn't like them. It says God hates. That's strong. If God's love would save a world, then what does God's hate mean? Hmm. These six things does the Lord hate, and seven are an abomination to him. Number one, a proud look, a lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked imaginations. Feet that are swift and running into mischief. A false witness that speaks lies. Uh-oh. And he that sows discord among the brethren. God said, I hate these things. The first thing in the list is a proud look. A proud look is the look that says, I don't need anything. The look has a language. You don't even have to open your mouth. Pride has a look. Deuteronomy 8, verse 10, I asked the Holy Spirit not to make me read this passage. I was sternly rebuked at my office at about 4 o'clock this morning, and he said, you shall read what I tell you to read. So therefore, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God. Praise him for the good land he has given you. When you eat and the meal is good, lift your hands and praise him that the food was good. Praise him for the land that you live on. Praise him. I just want to check your praise for a moment. Did you eat anything that was good yesterday? 
Now that's detail. I mean, God says, I'm so um, resolved about my praise that even if you have a delicacy, even if the dessert was good, praise me. One bite of a hot chocolate chip cookie dipped in milk. Praise me. He said, let everything that has breath praise me. So if you're breathing, praise me. If you're eating a good cookie, praise me. If your meal is good, praise me. That's what God says. God says, if you live on some land, give me praise. I'm going to give you 10 sanctified seconds to go ahead and praise him for your popcorn. Praise him for a hot biscuit. Let me stop before you get hungry. Make sure you don't forget the Lord your God. Ooh, I can hear it adamantly. Make sure you don't forget the Lord your God. Don't fail to obey his commands, his laws, and his rules. I'm giving them to you today, Moses says. But suppose you don't obey his commands. And suppose you have plenty to eat. And suppose you build some fine houses. Mm. And suppose you live in those fine houses. The number of your herds and flocks begin to increase and you also get more and more silver and gold and everything you have begins to multiply then your hearts will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God the Lord you the Lord brought you out of Egypt that's the land you were slaves in. He led you through that huge and terrible desert. It was a dry land. It didn't have any water. It had poisonous snakes and scorpions. The Lord gave you water out of a solid rock. He gave you manna to eat when you were in that desert. Your people had never even known anything about manna before then. The Lord took your pride away. He tested you. He did it so that things would go well with you in the end. You might say to yourself, my power, my power, my strong hands have made me rich. But remember the Lord your God. He gives you the ability to produce wealth. He shows that, he, that shows he stands by terms of the covenant he made with you. He promised it to your people of long ago and he's still faithful to his covenant today. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God and you become proud. Pride. A proud look will never express need. A proud people will never admit need. 
I say it like this, if you don't need anything, you're not going to get anything. The danger zone, pride. Pride says, I don't need you. Pride is a husband looking at his wife saying, I don't need you. Pride is a woman saying, I don't need a man. Pride is of people saying, I got what I have because of my hard work, because of my labor, because of what I've done. And you don't realize that you couldn't have done it if God did not give you the strength to do it. The danger zone. Pride. Let me introduce you to another zone. It's called the desperate zone. See, the desperate zone is characterized by need. The danger zone is characterized by pride. But the desperate zone is characterized by need. The Lord told me in prayer this morning, you cannot feed full people. You cannot feed full people. Why? Because they don't want it. Why? Because they have all they need. Could it be dangerous that you have $300,000 in your savings account? That you can buy a car anytime you want? Could it be dangerous that all that stuff is so full that you get to the point that you have no need. I'm asking you a question. You can't feed a full people. It's going to get quieter and quieter as I go on, but Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6. Blessed, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst. He did not say blessed are the full. He said blessed are the hungry. Before that, he's going to say blessed are the poor in spirit. They shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. It literally means blessed are those that know that their soul is bankrupt without God. But this blessed are the hungry, blessed are the thirsty speaks of a longing that dwells in the heart of a people that state this, even though I know I have God, even though I know that my bank is full, I always recognize my need of God. One of the greatest signs of health is hunger. Say that again, Pastor Rick. One of the greatest signs of health is hunger. 
It is unhealthy or sick people that lose their appetite. Lord, let it get prophetic for the people. Would you, Jesus, let it get prophetic for the people? Lord, would you let it get prophetic for the people for a moment here? One of the greatest signs of health is hunger. It is unhealthy or sick people that lose their appetite. Something's wrong when you're not hungry. Something is wrong when you lose your appetite. Spiritual hunger helps us discern spiritual health. Spiritual hunger helps us discern spiritual health. Let me give you an example. When hunger is not expressed or felt in the atmosphere of a sanctuary, preaching becomes halted and rehearsed instead of released and revelatory. I'm going to read it again, just like I got it this morning. When hunger is not expressed or felt in the atmosphere of a sanctuary, preaching becomes halted and rehearsed instead of released and revelatory. Preaching becomes calculated in its cadence. instead of rolling like a locomotive through the congregation that is hungry to hear a word from God. The necessity of need. It's coming back to the house of God with or without you. I have Bible on you that God is going to raise up a generation of people in this day that is so hungry for God. They're so thirsty for God that nothing will stop them from getting a word from God. How do you know it, Pastor Rick? Because Amos is a prophet of eschatology. He looks through the telescopic lens of prophecy and he sees a generation in the end time and he says, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, not a thirst for water, but a thirst for hearing the words of the Lord. Their days are coming. The NIV says it like this, declares the sovereign God, when I will send a famine through the land, not a famine for food or thirst for water, but a hunger of hearing the word of the Lord. You say, Pastor Rick, why does God move like he moves in third world countries? Why does God move in places in inner cities by his spirit like we've never seen? There's one distinction that stands out above all other things. Those people are in need. When you find a people 
people that are in need. They are hungry and they are thirsty for a move of God. They want it more than they want money. They want it more than they want anything in this life. They want a word from God because they know if they can get a word from God, then God will narrate the rest of their destiny. See, it's hard for you to live on the worry of what tomorrow holds when you don't have a word from God. And Jesus asked Peter, will you also forsake me? And Peter said, where can we go? You have the words of eternal life. See, you need to make it your personal responsibility that your appetite is right with God, that you keep God in the place he's supposed to be and keep yourself in the place you're supposed to be, where you are always hungry for more of him and less of you. I just need to check your appetite for about 30 seconds here. Is there anybody in this building that wants God more than you want anything? you to desperate measures. Woo. When you're wanting more than anything, need will push you to desperate measures. And there was a woman with an issue of blood that could not be healed. But she said within herself, within herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. I done spent everything I have on doctors. I still got my problem. I done been to 10 counselors and my marriage is still jacked up. I've been to 15 financial seminars. I still got money problems. But if I can ever get a hold to him, I shall be not healed, I shall be whole. Desperate people take desperate measures. My sermon for you this morning is somewhat short in nature for two reasons. It's all God gave me. And I ask him for that because I've been preaching about every day. Mm -hmm. So I say, Lord, if you will just let me use the little energy I have to touch your people, I will appreciate that. Now he's here, but if you want him, you can tell your neighbor you gotta go for it. You gotta, yeah. Some some of you are sitting there hiding your need. Some of you are sitting there covering your needs. I said at the preface of this service, sometimes you have needs that you don't even know you have. Philippians 4:19, the demand zone. The danger zone is pride. Hmm. The desperate zone is what? Need. Thank you for listening. One person. The demand zone is supply. But my God. shall supply, and this is why the word, he used the word all. 
because you've got needs you don't even know you have. My God shall supply all your according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Do you see? The fish and the bread is not the miracle. The little boy carrying the fish and the bread is not the miracle. The miracle's not in the bread. The miracle's not in the fish. The miracle's not in the boy. The miracle is in the hunger of the people that Jesus was looking at. The boy don't impress Jesus. The fish don't impress Jesus. The bread don't impress Jesus. The disciples don't impress Jesus. But if you show him a multitude of people that are hungry, he will take the bread, the boy, and the fish, and he will use it to give the people what they're hungry for. The miracle rests in the hunger of the people. We are not seeing miracles in church today because we do not have hunger in church today. We're not seeing people fed today because we don't have hunger from the hearts of the people today. Some of you are feeling, re feeling relaxed, some of you are feeling refreshed, and some of you are feeling rebuked. Whatever your re-feeling is, enjoy it. If the pandemic cannot wake us up, if the crisis we've seen in this nation for the last three years can't wake us up, then what in the world is going to cause God's people to get desperate for a move of God again to the point that we will do whatever it takes for God to sweep across this nation, save lost souls, restore families. I looked at it and the widow in 1 Kings chapter 17 was there. Hmm. The miracle was not in the jug of oil. It wasn't in the jar of flour. The miracle was in the desperation of the widow. She said, we're going to eat this last little bit and we're going to die. And the prophet gave her a word. In 2 Kings chapter 4, you find another woman in the same condition with another prophet. And the miracle's not in the pot of oil. The miracle is in the need of the widow. The supply happened when she obeyed the word that the prophet gave her, when he said, go into the community and borrow vessels and don't borrow a few because what God's about to do, you're going to need plenty of jars to hold what God is about to pour out. When have you been so hungry to collect everything and say, God, fill it all up? Fill my kids up, my, my aunt, my, my cousins on, the, on my mama's side. Fill them all up. Get them all. Fill them all up. And he said, go get vessels. And the Bible says the more she poured out, the more God poured in until the vessel stayed, until the oil stayed. And then he said, now go sell it and pay off your debt. Why? Because God does not want you living in lack. He wants you carrying need. 
I'll end it with this. Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus, the miracle is not in the fact that he cried out because he was blind. The miracle is in the fact that he had need. And when he cried out, Jesus said this to him, what do you want me to do for you? He opened the door of heavenly privilege. He does not respond to people that don't cry. If the boy wouldn't have cried, he would have never received his supply. Some people are too proud to cry. See, until you cry over your need, your need ain't going to be met. You got to get to a place where you are unashamed about your cry. He cried out to him. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He did not ask for sight. He asked for mercy. You know what I've been crying out, hungry for? God to pour out his mercy on this nation. We need God's mercy on this nation. Now watch, when he got Jesus' attention, what did Jesus say? When he, he said, bring him to me, they brought him to him. And then Jesus said, what do you specifically want me to do for you? This man could have asked for anything. Jesus just slung open the door of heavenly privilege. He could ask for him, what do you want me to do for you? When you really bring your need to God and you really pour out your heart to him, he says these words to you, what specifically do you want me to do for you? What need do you want met? And Bartimaeus said, I want my sight. He got what he asked for because when you position yourself in the place of petition, confessing your need to God, God gives you exactly what you ask for. The question is, are you hungry enough to cry? We have doctored up. We have bandaged up. We have wrapped like presents these things that we give to people in church and we tell them, we pat them on the back and placate them with cute little phrases and tell them you're going to be all right. I came to just dismantle all that philosophy, all that bull crap and tell you flat out, America's church is not hungry. We are not desperate for God. When we get desperate, destiny is real. Don't be offended by me. Y'all know me. Don't act like you ain't never heard me talk like that. If you're offended, I'm probably just touching your nerve, which that means you need to be fixed. The fact is America's church is fat and happy. America's church is not desperate. We're not hungry. The people of God are not hungry. When you get hungry, you reveal a capacity to God. Need, need represents capacity. If you ever see need, stop seeing need as opposition and start seeing need as opportunity. Then you will have less problem confessing your need. Your need is not your opposition. Your need is your opportunity for growth, for your capacity to be enlarged. What is the first thing God created? Let me tell you, need. And the earth 
was without form and what? Void. The first thing God ever created was a capacity that was totally empty. It had need. It was void. And the spirit of, the God, of God hovered over the need. And then God said, he's given us an, an example in the bearership of time. Let there be light. And there was light. And things begin to feel in the expanse. Things begin to feel in the void. Need has always put a demand on God's supply. Some of you have so much need today that you think God could, oh, you're the candidate, man. The more needs you have, the greater supply that God is about to resource you with. You are about to go places you've never gone, enjoy things you've never enjoyed. If you've got great need today, this is your message. You ought to be shouting louder than anybody because what you're going to be doing is saying, God is about to take something and build something out of nothing. Here's where the church gets messed up. We think we preach this word for the world. Philippians is not written for sinners. It's written for you. Can I close? Hebrews 4.13. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. Can I tell you I have preached so good today that if I had a retractable arm, I would slap myself behind my own head and tell myself, go on and preach then. Now I'm going to bring to you the magnitude of what I'm trying to get across to you. Number one, my son and I have had discussions lately about preaching some of the same messages in these pulpits. So he had one all laid out last night, and I told him I'm going to preach it. And then that takes the study off of me. Giovanna asked me this morning, why did you get out of bed at 2.30? And we just got home from Chicago late last night or yesterday just wore up. Why would you get up at 2.30? Because the Holy Ghost said you're not preaching Dustin's message. <laughs> so then my response to the Holy Spirit is this. Then what am I preaching? And I hear this word that says the necessity of need followed up by my people ain't hungry enough. I've never preached this message. This is the first time I've ever preached this word. I'm telling you that so you can put some kind of value or appreciation on what you're receiving because church, I'm telling you, Complacency will always follow the lack of need. Where there's no need, people become complacent. When you become complacent, you become complicit to things going on in your life that's not supposed to be going. You start accepting stuff that's not normal. 
You start accepting things like my marriage is just jacked up. That's just how it is. We just, but I'm gonna live through it. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna endure. That ain't nothing but the devil lying to you. He didn't call you to endure life. God called you to enjoy life. But you've got to get desperate enough to have God in control of all your life. All things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Let us, therefore, who are sinners, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help when? Say it with me. In the time of need. When is the last time you confidently and boldly went to God and said, God, I need you right now. my right hand man Pastor Josh he hasn't eaten a meal in over 32 days and they can't figure it out I dropped on my knees in my office this morning and I said, God, do I have too much? Do you need to strip some of this stuff from me that I can cry for my brother? Am I too content that I'm not desperate enough to fall on my face in my office and cry out to you in Josh's time of need? Are we this spoiled? That we think we don't need you more than anything. God, I'm going to stand as the heart of Quest Church before you today and I'm going to go ahead and be a voice for these people. And I'm going to tell you there are families in this church that need you. And forgive us for not being hungry and desperate. There are men in this church that need you and they don't even know they need you. God, I need you. I need you and I want you. I want you and I need you. I need you to deliver some people from drugs. I need you to deliver some people from habits and, and curses. I, I need you.